Char Chat is a member of the Teej.fm network from WTJU. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Hello, everybody. It's Monday, June 10th, 2019. I'm Caitlin Flay. And I'm Tanner Green. And you are listening to Chart Chat, your weekly guide to the past week of pop singles hitting the US and UK charts. Tanner, how are you doing? I'm great, but my cat is a little more, we'll say, inquisitive than usual. I've been spending less time in my apartment this week, so he missed me, which means he might try to get all up in my business while we record. How are you? I'm good. I'm a tad bit tired, but it's my last week of teaching for the year or this academic year. I made it. I am over the moon, super excited, and I'm also excited to talk about the entries on the UK from last week. We're going to start down at number 82, Naomi Scott with the song Speechless from the Aladdin soundtrack. Right above that at number 81, we have the song Wish Wish that we saw last week on Tanner's chart. That's DJ Khaled featuring Cardi B and 21 Savage. At number 66, we have DJ Khaled featuring SZA with the song Just Us. Isis by Joyner Lucas featuring Logic debuts at number 42. At number 39, we have Sagala and Becky Hill with the song Wish You Well. One Touch by Jess Glynn and Jax Jones debuts at number 31. At number 29, Five Seconds of Summer debuts with what Tanner described as Charlie Puth, Left to Dry Out in the Sun, the song Easier. At number 18, Young Thug, J. Cole, and Travis Scott debut with the song The London. And our top two entries of this week. At number 17, we have NSG with the song OT Bop. And, of course, Cross Me by the one and only Ed Sheeran, featuring Chance the Rapper and PNB Rock, cracks the top 10 at number 9. Tanner, that's all I got. Before I start things off with the U.S. entries, I just have to ask, because you mentioned DJ Khaled, did you see the Snapchat story that he briefly uploaded and then took down about Tyler, the creator? No! I know I'm normally not the gossip source here, but this one seemed so petty that I had to laugh. It's basically some short video of DJ Khaled whining about the fact that Tyler, the creator, got the number one album instead of him. (laughs) It's real stupid. It's real petty. That's so dumb. Yeah. But anyway, we're going to start the U.S. entries off down at number 97, where Jason Aldean debuts with Rearview Town. Right above that, number 96, there's Maluma with the song HP. Back at it again, that's Yella, Beezy, Gucci Mane, and Quavo, debuting at number 94. Hopping up to number 76, Eric Church debuts with the song Some of It. A song both Caitlin and I were a bit disappointed in, that's Joyner Lucas featuring Logic at number 59. That song's called Isis. Speaking of disappointments, the aforementioned Easier by Five Seconds of Summer debuts at number 48. Number 34, got Ed Sheeran with Chance the Rapper and PMB Rock and the song Cross Me. And cracking the top 20 this week, almost to the top 10, we got the highest entry in the US of the week. It's the London at number 12, and that's by Young Thug, J. Cole, and Travis Scott. Back over to you, Caitlin. 
Okie dokie. So I'm going to do us all a favor this week and talk about the two top entries on my chart. So normally I've, I've kind of looked back and I've noticed a pattern where I generally don't pick songs that have anything in common. Uh, but this week I'm bringing in some blasts from the past from the recent and not so recent past episodes to kind of frame both of these songs. And today we are going to start with OT Bop. That's by NSG. everybody so that was the latest from nsg they are one of the uk's hottest afro bashment groups right now six person group let's give you all some context about afro bashment you might not be super familiar with that we talk a lot about grime and drill on this podcast so afro bashment took roots in jamaican dance hall and reggae music so you might hear a little bit of that influence especially in the kind of undulating beat as well as vocal delivery in ot bop but now a lot of UK artists, uh, including people like Jay Huss and Notes, use this Afrobashment style. We've talked about how their voices are just very almost calming and they use a lot of synthesizer sounds, not as hard as drill or grime. Generally, Afrobashment is a bit less abrasive, just like I said, in terms of both instrumentals and those vocals, but I think OT Bop strikes a kind of middle ground between drill and Afrobashment. So the lyrical material kind of drifts more towards drill in terms of selling drugs and stuff. But the instrumental is really controlled, very sultry, I would describe it as. There's really a ton going on in the background. So that was what grabbed my attention more so than the lyrics this week. Tanner, did you have any comments on production? Because I know you're like a production head and I found it interesting. It's weird. No, I mean... It's simultaneously, there's a lot of open space in the arrangement, but there's also, like you mentioned, a ton going on. And they'll, like, cycle through these different sounds and textures. You'll have that two-chord, the that kind of comes in, and then there's a bunch of empty space afterwards. And it just kind of keeps circling around these different little motifs. Also, it sounds like some of them are actually louder than the vocals. I don't know if that's just me, but it seems like the vocals are actually a little lower in the mix. Yeah, Which is super interesting to me. Probably makes it easier to dance to, I would assume, which I know you've got more to say on the dancing. But yeah, that's kind of the stuff that jumped out at me. I don't think I could have put that any better. And I was wondering about the vocals, too, because I, I heard it the same way. And I was like, I wonder if that's, that is to do with the dancing. But anyway, while we're on dancing... 
Listeners might recall a few weeks ago, Tanner and I discussed Stormzy's latest single, Vossy Bop. So NSG's song is similarly about a super easy, kind of weird dance move. I watched the music video, and it's really trippy if you are easily, I don't know, influenced by motion and get motion sickness. Don't watch the video. I almost threw up. (laughs) The camera angle is just moving all the time. Anyway, there was a lot of dance moves going on, but I think the OT bop move is kind of like you bend at your waist, but otherwise you keep your back kind of straight, and then you look at the ground or you look up, and then it seems as though the more confident you are, the lower you go with kind of your limp arms and shoulders, and then you just kind of try to touch your toes. It's very much like a zombie. It's also really weird describing dance moves on a podcast, so I highly recommend (laughs) the tutorial videos. But other than a dance move, the OT and OT bop means out trapping, and that's a street term that originally meant selling drugs in order to make money, but it now kind of encapsulates any kind of work grind that you do to make money. In this case, I'm assuming that it's more about drugs. Anyway, you all know I have a nose for drama, so I want to end with the juicy controversy that this song caused all over the world. The excitement surrounding this song started when NSG posted a little teaser of OT Bop on Instagram. I think that was back in April, maybe? And they chose a snippet with an ad lib that sounded so much like Drake that people were freaking out that Drake was on a UK kind of Little Fish song. So yes, a ton of people thought it was Drake, that he might have secretly signed the group or would feature on the song because he did invite NSG on stage to perform their song Options. Uh, That one cracked the top 10 a couple weeks ago, I think, maybe months, during Drake's 2019 European assassination vacation tour. But when the song was released a couple of weeks ago, Drake was not on it, he was not in the music video, People are thinking this is the scam of the century. Some people don't even care. Whatever. But still, wow. Could you imagine, like, scamming your fans and not correcting them when they posted, Oh my gosh, it's Drake! And then, like, radio silence. Like, they don't reply. Oh no, it's not Drake, it's so-and-so. Okay, so I just wonder if maybe violating those expectations. I know that I would have been hurt had I known about this then. But I wonder if that will hurt their chances on the charts. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Tanner, any closing thoughts on the drama or the song in general? Not really. I mean, the production stuff was kind of the big thing that jumped out at me. There wasn't anything in particular about the rapping that really swayed me one way or the other. It's okay. It's pleasant enough. Like, you mentioned Notes and J.A. Huss, and it's kind of in that similar vein for me, both sonically and in terms of how I feel about it. It's fine. Yeah. How do you think it compares to Vossibop? I'm curious. I prefer Vossibop, but that's also just because I find Stormzy a really compelling vocal presence in a way that I don't find any of these MCs. No, that makes sense. I think I would probably tend to agree with you there. Um, Okay. Now we're going to transition. Complete 180. I would like to spend a few minutes talking about the evolution of one sloth-like English ginger. That's right. Ed Sheeran. The song we're about to listen to is the second single that comes from 
Number Six Collaborations Project, which Sheeran plans to release on July 12th of this year. And at this point, it's a little bit up in the air whether this will be an EP or a full-length studio album. The world has yet to know. So Number Six Collaborations Project follows Sheeran's EP titled Number Five Collaborations Project that he put out way back in 2011 before he was even signed to a major label. And holy moly, that EP is bangin'. It features grime greats such as Wiley, P-Money, JME, and even better than that, every single track on the EP features a rapper or multiple rappers. The EP peaked at number 46 on the UK Albums Chart, which is wild because it was self-released. I'm kind of impressed. I didn't know Ed Sheeran had this side. It has caused a lot of upheaval in my life, I will admit. I was not ready for it. And while you deal with all of that extra emotion, let's listen to Ed Sheeran's latest collaboration that also features rappers. These are PNB Rock and Chance the Rapper. This is Cross Me. Okay, everybody. So this has definitely stumped me a little bit in terms of where I'm going to go with criticisms. But as always, I like to start with positives. So if you recall, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Game of Thrones soundtrack and we discussed in particular the song Power is Power. And Tanner and I really loved this one part of that song, and it was the sub-bass. And similarly, in Cross Me, there's this nice little oscillating sub-bass kind of dropped into the instrumental mix. Doesn't really fit with anything else. I like the artistic decision. That's the end of the positives. (laughs) So I don't really think this is a great song overall. It feels really awkward to me looking back on Ed Sheeran's previous releases. I'm thinking of things like Perfect and kind of the mushy wedding songs. And then also another one that we're going to walk through in a few moments. The most awkward part, I don't know if you have anything to say about the lyrical content, Tanner, but for me, it was Chance the Rapper's CrossFit reference. That one literally made me cringe. I did not like it. I got nothing. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so I just want to pose a question here. No one needs to answer this, Tanner. You don't need to answer this. But is this song a threat? Like, is it supposed to be threatening? Because if I were a guy listening to this and for some weird reason I wanted Ed Sheeran's girl, I would feel more than comfortable crossing him. 
I mean, he's not the most intimidating guy out there. I mean, Chance and P&B are also not the crew I'd want in a fight. So I don't really get how this how this works. It's not convincing to me. And not all pop music has to be, like, convincing the truth. But uh, I just kind of cringe because it's like little weak guys going, If you cross her, then you cross me. And it's like, oh, okay. I feel like if I punched you in the face, you'd just fall down right away. Anyway, I almost hear this song to answer my own question as almost an apology for the message in Ed Sheeran's song, Shape of You. So that one caused a little bit of controversy. People were mad that he put out a song with the literal lyrics, I'm in love with your body. So let's just have a little refresher on that one. This is Shape of You. A club isn't the best place to find the lovers so the bar is where I go. Me and my friends sat at the table doing shots, tripping fast and then we talk slow. Come over and start up a conversation with just me And trust me, I'll give it a chance Now take my hand, stop it, and the man on the jukebox And then we start to dance And now I'm singing like, girl, you know I want your love Your love was handmade for somebody like me Come on now, follow my lead I may be crazy, don't mind me Say, boy, let's not talk too much Grab on my waist and put that body on me Come on now, follow my lead Come, come on now, follow my lead So I have to say, I much prefer Shape of You to Cross Me in terms of musical style. I'm not super excited about this upcoming album, and I'd be willing to bet a lot of money that it will debut at number one on the UK albums chart when it does come out in early, late July. We'll see if he sticks with the 12th release date. I didn't want to go here, but I think it's worth mentioning because this is almost like a side project, like a kitschy thing that Ed Sheeran likes to do, like write songs with his friends in different styles that are not wedding songs. I almost wanted to make a critique where in my head this parallels Taylor Swift's evolution in terms of the changing sounds that we heard on Reputation. And like, who the heck knows what her next album's gonna sound like? Again, I don't want to say that Ed Sheeran is going to turn into the next Miley Cyrus or whatever in terms of going the hip-hop route. Right now, it just seems like a flash in the pan, like, oh, I want to do a little side project. Good for him. But I just wanted to make sure that I said something related to Taylor Swift, because if it does happen, you heard it here first. That is all I have to say. Tanner, do you have anything to add about Cross Me? On paper, I would not expect to say this about the song, but I think the parts that work best are actually the parts with Ed Sheeran. I think his singing and I think the melody he's written actually works pretty well for the musical setting. Totally agree with you on the power is power sort of callback. That definitely cropped up. Uh, in my mind, after listening, it's very reminiscent of The weekend in general. I really... I'll just say I've never been very impressed by P&B rock, and this song does not do anything to change that. And you already mentioned the CrossFit line as being indicative of Chance's kind of overall feature, all of which is to say that I wish neither of them were on this track because I think they detract from it quite a bit. The other thing I will say, 
I think part of what makes the chorus fall flat for me on this song is the first half of it. I think there's too much empty space after each line. If you cross her, awkwardly long gap. Then you cross me, awkwardly long gap. And then you have that descending uh, hook that I think works really well, but there's just too much empty space at the beginning of the chorus. And for as much as I do enjoy that backing bass, I don't think it's quite enough to make up for that. So it's not great. I prefer to the tr- uh, I prefer to the track that he did with Justin Bieber recently, but meh. I've never had particularly strong feelings about Ed Sheeran one way or the other, and this doesn't really change that. Yeah, makes sense. And Tanner, I'm going to toss it over to you, but you're not exactly going to take us away from the UK, are you? Not at all. I'm going to take you to the London, which is the biggest debut of the week, and I want to talk about, very serious here, I want to talk about a travesty. Capital T, a travesty. So bear with me. We've obviously got a superstar lineup here on the London. You've got Travis Scott, who's coming off the absolutely massive success of last year's really quite fantastic album, Astro World, which included one of the most inescapable and also odd and unlikely number one hits of the year, Sicko Mode. And then you've got J. Cole, who has beat, uh, at least to me, kind of an unexpected path from independent rapper All the Cool College Students Name Drop to one of the biggest artists in the world, becoming in the process the first artist ever to simultaneously debut three songs in the top ten after his album K.O.D. came out. And while this is the first time J. Cole and Travis Scott have teamed up, Cole has worked with this track's producer, T-Minus, plenty of times before. T-Minus produced Cole's tracks Middle Child and Kevin's Heart, and he produced the black song Pretty Little Fears, which Cole appeared on and we lavished with praise many, many, many months ago. So good. But T-Minus' list of hits extends well beyond Cole, including a certain Kendrick Lamar's song Swimming Pools from early in the decade, and a certain mystery song that I believe Caitlin is a bit of a fan of. Oh, that's such a good song! I'm putting it in the playlist. I forgot that existed. Oh my gosh, it was so long ago. Thank you so much, Tanner. Figured you'd enjoy that. So if you're keeping score at home, that makes two superstar rappers and one top-tier producer. But there's still one person left on the billing. The lead artist, the first name on the list, in fact. And that's the man I want to focus on. Jeffrey Williams, a.k.a. Young Thug. By pretty much any objective measure, Young Thug has been one of the most influential artists of the decade. He's one of the key innovators of the rap-singing hybrid you see other Atlantans, like Gunna and Lil Baby, take to dizzying commercial heights. But despite scores of musicians taking all sorts of stylistic cues from him, Young Thug's voice and unconventional sensibility are still immediately identifiable. And yes, if you can't tell, I'm rather fond of him, to say the least. But this brings me to the travesty. Despite this colossal influence, and despite the chart success of artists following in his path, The London is the very first time Young Thug has ever hit the top 20 of the Hot 100 as a lead artist. 
This is his first time as a lead artist in the top 40. How? I don't understand. Like he was on Havana, the Camila Cabello song, and that went number one, but that was only a feature. As a lead artist, this is the first time he has ever been in the top 40, and I don't understand. He deserves so much more, and yes, I'm slightly salty about the fact that it took cosigns from two bigger commercial stars to boost him up to number 12, but at least it happened. Whew. Gonna calm down, gonna run a couple laps, and in the meantime, let's listen to a clip. Once again, this is Young Thug, J. Cole, and Travis Scott, The London. If you find time, we can run one. Talk about some things we can undo. You just in the pen, I can find you. Six one on the money, nine two. You just said a word and I run to. Two texts, no reply, that's when I knew. I knew, I knew, yeah, I knew. Talk, church talk, I can make a brick walk. Up north, down south, bank head to Rachel walk. Hit it with a little water, stretch it like a vocal cord. STD, I ran my ward. Fed and his daughter. I'm a rent a compound. Yeah. I supply the cigarettes and bread. Ooh. I got a man and she gon' ride. Uh -huh. She took a quarter and she fled. Uh -huh. I'm in the land so she gon' ride. Yeah. I see the pain and shot it like brown eyes. Uh -huh. I'm at the London with some big thighs. No fries, she eats steaks with the fish size. Then your mama tell you when something on fire stops driving road. Oh, yeah. I've been on the road like a pair of spinners and stopping. I keep going back and forth on this track. I really do. In terms of the positives, the beat is excellent. That's no surprise given the pedigree of T minus. Caitlin mentioned that it sounds a little bit like a lullaby, which I totally get. Travis Scott's voice is very buzzy. It's in his lower register, very soothing. There are those gentle harp-like arpeggios going, quite nice. But of course the star of the show is Young Thug. How could it not be just the bizarre approach to rhythm, the irregular phrasings, the moment he switches up into his higher register and has this strangly tone. It's so bizarre. I love it so, so much. And I know Caitlin feels differently, but the biggest reason that I'm not sure how I feel about the song is actually J. Cole. We didn't play his verse. I know other people have been, from what I've been able to gauge from reviews of the track, it seems like people are pretty into J. Cole's verse. And credit where credit's due, he's definitely going outside his wheelhouse. He's loosening up. But I don't think he quite gets there. And the fact that J. Cole comes first on the track instead of Young Thug, I think makes it that much harder for me to get behind. Even if it makes sense to, again, put the larger commercial name first in the track. J. Cole before Young Thug. Also, I really love the cover art. I know that's a really small, minor thing, but it's this neon green kind of distressed background with a black spider kind of stamped on the front. Looks really cool, really cool text uh, font. I don't know, I, w I so badly want to like this. I just want to, like, extract Travis Scott and Young Thug and kind of leave J. Cole behind. What are you thinking, Caitlin? I have two main thoughts on this one, and... One, you foreshadowed a little bit. I think Young Thug's higher register vocals are questionable. Um, it reminded me a lot of like when you really piss your mom off and she starts yelling and then it gets louder, higher. And it's just like belligerent. That's what I got. And it was an unpleasant listening experience because I have made many mistakes in this life. I have heard that vocal tone a lot. Okay, what I really, really like about this track and why it's grown on me over the past week is actually just the hi-hat. So 
it acts as an anchor for the song really well. And then given some of those questionable vocals, I think it just is a constant, almost comforting presence. And it reminds me a lot of a particular Drake song that I'm going to play a clip of. Louisiana. Murder on the beat. So you all probably know what that song is. That was Drake's Nice For What. I think Nice For What is a bit more interesting in terms of percussion if we're comparing the London to Nice For What. I went ahead and threw in Nice For What into our playlist for the week so you could compare the two for yourselves, but I think you'll find the hi-hats in similar positions of... I would like to say, authority in the song. I think it's very commanding, and I think it's what kind of makes it a bop. But not a Vasi bop. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> no, that's a good comparison. I, had, I hadn't actually thought of that, but as soon as you pointed that out, I was like, oh, wait, no, that totally makes sense. But we're going to move on. We're going to jump over to a commercial titan of a different genre. We're going to talk about Jason Aldean. We're going to talk about Rearview Town. And if you just take a quick glance at Aldine's chart history, it does not take long to realize that the man is an absolute juggernaut of country music. Review Town is the latest single from the album of the same name, which is Aldine's fourth consecutive album to top the Billboard 200. And since the start of Aldine's recording career in 2005, he has released nine country number ones and 30 songs that have hit the top 10 of the country chart. It's ridiculous. And some of these songs have even scaled to impressive heights on the Hot 100 as well, with four of them cracking the top 20. The biggest of these, Dirt Road Anthem, peaked at number 7 in 2011 and eventually went four times platinum. And I bring this up in part because this is a really salient track to remember in our current year that's still dominated by Old Town Road and its mix of country and hip-hop. Let's refresh our memory with a brief clip of Dirt Road Anthem, and keep in mind that the remix of this song even added Ludacris. Once again, this is Dirt Road Anthem. Farm was a place to go. Load the truck up, hit the dirt road. Jump the barbed wire, spread the word. Light the bonfire and call the girls. King and the can and the Marlboro man. Jack and Jim were a few good men. We learned how to kiss and cuss and fight too. Better watch out for the boys in blue. And all this small town, he said, she said. Ain't it funny how rumors spread like I know something y'all don't know. Man, that talk is getting old. You better mind your business, man. Watch your mouth before I have to knock that loud mouth out. I'm tired of talking, man. Y'all ain't listen. The old dirt roads is what y'all listen Chilling on a dirt road, laid back, swerving like I'm George Jones. Smoke rolling out the window, and ice cold beer sitting in the console. Memory laid up in the headlights, it's got me reminiscing on the good times. I'm turning off a real life driving, that's right, I'm hitting. Let's move back to the present. Review Town is definitely not another example of genre blending like you hear in Dirt Road Anthem, but the track has been climbing on the country chart for months now. It's currently number 17 and still climbing. And the past three singles from that album, Review Town, have all gone top five on the country chart, so I would be very surprised if the title track here did not do the same. Let's listen to it. Once again, this is Jason Aldean, Rearview Town.
Caitlin, I like this a lot. It's not quite Luke Combs, Beer Never Broke My Heart level, but there is a lot here, particularly in terms of the instrumentation, that I think does a really smart job of mirroring the lyrics. So you've got the lyrics about a rearview town. He's leaving it behind. There's too much heartbreak. He can't, he can't turn back. And what's one way to sort of suggest that sense of momentum that leaving a town in the rearview mirror implies? At the end of the first chorus... You know, the, the song starts with the uh, synthetic drums tapping along. And then at the end of the first chorus leading into the second verse, you've got the acoustic drums that come in with this big fill and start really cranking it. There's that. And then also that guitar line. The boom, beam, boom, beam, boom, beam, boom, beam, boom, beam. You've got motion in the lower note, but that upper note stays the same. I didn't look up what I didn't dust off my keyboard to find out what note that is but the fact that you have that same note being kind of consistently hammered on it's like a foot on the gas pedal you're hitting the road you're going and i think it works really well i think the melody's solid i think aldine has a really slightly odd and interesting voice it's very perhaps a little similar to young thug it's very strained very high pitched which in the case of the song is really good at selling the sort of underlying angst of the lyrics it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Caitlin, I know you have some thoughts on Mr. Aldine. Yes, I do. So rock and roll angsty country. I am totally here for it, my friends. And this song is really a banger. It's got like great negative energy. I don't know. But it's also positive somehow. And I really liked how that had an effect on my listening or because I generally don't like this type of music but that it was particularly interesting to me I also like how Tanner was saying Aldine's voice really complements and almost mirrors the tone of the electric guitar in this in particular so the guitar and Aldine's voice kind of spends most of their time Middle of the road, not straining, very controlled, restrained in a good way. We don't really hear Aldine hitting super high notes, even in the chorus where it's supposed to kind of peak. It just never does. But anyway, despite Aldine being a trash human being for cheating on his wife of 12 years, I honestly think this would be a great crossover hit for alt-country, like, rock radio. That's all I have to say about this one. I'm not going to be diving into Jason Aldean tracks anytime soon, but this was it was decent. It was decent. And it's a good note to end on. That's all we got for y'all. Thanks for listening to Chart Chat. If you want to listen to all this past week's chart debuts, check out the Spotify playlist in the show notes. If you have questions, feedback, corrections, etc., get in touch with us via email, chartchatcast at gmail.com. Check us out on social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ChartChatCast. Thanks to Coronation Media for our cover art and intro theme. Thanks to Teej.fm for having us on the network. To learn more, visit Teej.fm. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Thanks again for listening to Chart Chat. I'm Tanner Green. And I'm Caitlin Flay. And we'll catch you next week. 
and trans trans the rapper. 